Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have my friend Pamela Landers on. She is an expert hand analysis. But before we bring her on, um, just a couple of announcements. So first, if you are watching this on YouTube or Facebook, we would love your comments. Um, definitely be sure to subscribe to the channel if you're listening to the pod, to any of the podcast outlets. Thank you so much. And remember that if you're interested in purchasing Connection to the Cosmos book, you can do that on Amazon or my website at mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you are coming to Hawaii, to the big island, then definitely come on one of our big island UFO tours and view the night sky with our military night vision goggles. So without further ado, I am bringing Miss Pamela on. Good, hello, Pamela. Hello, so happy to be here. No, I can't wait. We have so much to talk about. So let me tell people who you are, because you have quite, quite an amazing title um, here. Okay. Pamela Landers has been reading hands for more than 30 years. Using the science-based system of hand analysis, Pamela is a leading expert in her field. Having read over 50 thousand hands and published multiple books and printed in ebook format as well as audios on the subject she is the number one international best-selling author of hand analysis products and one of the two top hand analysts in the world so you know, just not just not any like any hand right yeah. one of Pamela's unique contributions to to the decode hand markings into practical expression is applying mythology. Applying the skill, Pamela supports companies, groups, and individuals to gain more clarity about their design, permission to express themselves based on their hand markings, and honoring the gifts provided through decoding that physical map that you carry with you all the time. Incorporating 25 years of corporate business experience and studies of psychology from the University of California at Davis, she includes these unique perspectives while working with business organizations. Helping company team detect what is the best and highest expression for each member, what motivates each person, and then teams improve interaction for more success. Additionally, applying the law of attraction to hand markings has been a huge benefit to her clients. Highly intuitive, Pamela applies this skill and gift in many ways, with looking at your hands, of course. Additionally, she talks with dead people, channels insights, sees visions, hears language, and facilitates classes on lear learning your intuitive style so you know what to trust. This is one of her primary skills. In exploring the world beyond physical reality, Pamela has had some memorable experiences with an ET and many angelic realm beings. So, yay! I can't wait to get into all of that. Right. <laughs> so much to talk about. So, we're going to first start with where we start with all the conversations, which is I would love to know, and my audience would love to know, how you grew up what kind of spiritual or religious household like how did you ultimately get into this kind of work i grew up in a house that a presbyterian house liberal presbyterian household that we went to a church from the time i was in second grade all the way through you know i went after i got out of college so but it was very liberal which i really appreciated that and i argued a lot with my ministers about some of the religious context you know, it's like asking questions and, well, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, so eventually, um, but early in my 20s, I got introduced to a book on Edgar Casey, And that is what gave me permission to go outside the box of religion. And also, I already knew I was intuitive. I had some people tell me things like that um, in my 20s. And so I just... You know, I, I'm, I know now from reading hands that I was born that way, but I, and I was, and it wasn't denied in my household. It just wasn't encouraged to, you know, like talking to dead people and stuff. I didn't do that when I was young. Okay. Well, so then how did you transition into doing that? Was it like, 
later in life? Was it in your No, I started in my 20s. I really, after reading that book from Edgar Casey, it was like, you know, I joined a group of people that were having conversations about Edgar Casey when I was like, I don't know, 23 or something. So okay. I was already very attracted to yeah. it. Okay, excellent. Well, so then, um, you know, I guess we'll, and let me jump into the hand analysis because you're, you're the first and only hand analysis that I have had on the show. However, I have, you're my third practitioner in this modality that has looked at my hands. And so I got introduced to hand analysis back when I was in Olympia. Um, and it was probably nine or 10 years ago, initially, when I met Christine Borajani. And I had her actually do my hands maybe seven years ago. And that was the first time. And she also did my kids. And it was amazing the information that came out. And then fast forward a few years, and then I met Michael and Jurassic, who we're both friends with um, in Olympia. And then I moved here to Hawaii and I get to meet you because of <laughs> our mutual friend, Stephanie. So it's been a beautiful transition in this. And, um, you know, so I, I understand what the hand analysis is, but for our audience who's never really heard of it, can you first explain the difference between scientific hand analysis and palm reading? Yes, I will. And by the way, Michael introduced you to Stephanie, which is how. That is true. Right. So we have all three of us know Michael. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so hand analysis is a science-based system where palmistry is mostly considered predictive. Right. If you go through a palmist, you're expecting to, you know, be fortune telling, telling the future. Are you, when am I going to die? You know, a lot of predictive stuff was palmist. Um, and hand analysis based on palmistry, you can't like separate them, right? But it's a science-based system with, that has rules or structures or um, systems that you can learn, it's a learnable thing. It doesn't require being intuitive, although it's a great help. So it's a teachable, learnable, science-based with rules and systems and structures. Otherwise I couldn't have written so many books about it. Right, because so just like, so with science, we like predictive patterns and things, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of the lines and the markings and the hands and the fingerprints are very or can be predictable or patterns like well there it's first of all fingerprints never change as we all know from i'm sure all of us have seen some crime show at some point using yeah. fingerprints um but the lines can change and the hand shape can change it doesn't have to but can right so so predicting the future if you're basing it on lines that can change Okay. which makes it a little bit like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and some, like I have line formations that have not changed in the last 30 years. Right. Okay. But some have. And okay. so, the, and, and that's based on neural pathways. It's based on thinking the same thoughts again and again and again, and you start changing really how you think, not just mentally, but your whole system changes a thought pattern and your lines can change. Okay, so very interesting. So then what kind of information do we get from the fingertips um, since they're fixed compared to what we get it with the lines? Okay, so the fingerprints, which are also called dramatic lyphics, um, identify your life purpose, life lesson, and life school, which are soul contracts. They're like DNA. Just think of fingerprints as being like DNA. It's unique to you. We all know our fingerprints are unique, right? We've been well-educated on that. Again, thank you, TV and movies. Right. Um, so, but the lines, because they can change, are going to be more personality, motivations, behaviors. It's not a soul contract. The lines are not the soul contract. The fingerprints are. And sometimes these dermatoglyphics, these fingerprint patterns show up on the palm. Like you have one, right? You have... Yeah. Yeah, on both of your moon zones, whoops, moon, the moon zone here, you have fingerprints. Not everybody does. About 25% of the population has a fingerprint in this part of the hand. Um, but that, for me, matters. Not all hand analysts use that system, but I do because sometimes they show up underneath the fingers or they show up over here. They're different places 
where the fingerprint patterns can show up and because they don't, don't show up very commonly in the palm, I think they're a big deal. Yeah, okay, well, and that I think was so my, my... Oh, are you still there? I think you're breaking up a little. Pamela? I don't know if you're frozen or if I am. I have to. I have to not use my hand in front of the camera. Yeah, I can okay. hear you. Okay. I'm like, I am. You? I am. But okay. I can hear you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So, um, my first um, interaction with a hand analysis, and I had my kids done. This is actually what changed the whole trajectory of my career. Um, was actually having this hand analysis done because. At the time, you know, I had my interior design home staging business, which I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll probably do this for a very, very long time. And when Christine did my hands and she's like, you and your kids have a marking that's unusual. You know, it's it's a small percentage of the population and you are meant to be. And she, at that time, she called it, you know, you're meant to be a spiritual teacher. And I know that you're changing that terminology. And do you want to share real quick what you're changing that to? I'm changing it to actually Michael and I did this together one day on a call to identity transformation. Okay. Spiritual teacher seems to have a lot of rules. A lot of people have a lot of images around spiritual teacher that yeah. don't work. Yes. So when, when she told me that, and I'm like, my first reaction, my body had head to toe chills. So I, my body, that's my body's way of telling me, listen up, this is true. <laughs> and, and, but then my next reaction was like, um, I don't even know what that means. Like I've been, it, you know, I've had my spirituality my whole life. I have my own practice. I have my own understanding of stuff but like what would i teach what would i help people with and again you know this is like maybe seven years ago um i had just left my husband um second one and so anyway it took a while for me to be realize what it was going to look like but she said okay you need to take that step you need to walk that path so your kids have the opportunity to walk that path and so I really took that to heart. And look at here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. So so you know, then I met Michael and that, and then I met you. And you recently looked at my hands and it's you know, having them looked at in a fresh way. And now that I have all of this experience. Um, sharing and teaching and mentoring people. I would love for you to just explain a little bit about what you saw in my hands or my fingerprints that makes me a little different than other people. Because I know my power is a huge one there. That's huge, yeah. So you have fingerprint patterns called tented arches. That's the name. And tented arches are the least common fingerprint pattern. If they show up, they show up on the index fingers, maybe one, maybe both index fingers, pointers. You have them on eight fingers. That's what's really unusual. I hardly ever see anybody with more than three tented arches, but you've got eight. This is a huge deal. <laughs> right. So can you so Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> well, first of all, that you're super unique, right? Because okay. it's rare when I see something like that. Like, I, I know one other person who has that many tented arches out of 50,000 hands. I'm just saying it's really not common. But it has that puts you in the school of wisdom. They're, the schools are based on the type of fingerprint patterns that you have. And the school of wisdom, duh, is what you're doing, right? Is trusting wisdom, sharing wisdom, and it's different kinds of wisdom. It can be intuitive wisdom. It can be mental wisdom. It can be researched wisdom. It can be emotional wisdom, you know, just like the full spectrum of all the things that are available. But your design is when you don't trust that, life sucks. When you do trust it, life works. Um, yep. <laughs> 
And it's a big deal for you to have a relationship with, with trusting your wisdom and sharing it. There's no yeah. shortcut around it. No, and I, it's taken me, you know, I'll be 50 this month, and it's taken me almost these 50 years to really fully embrace that and trust, actually start trusting my wisdom. So. And it's going to keep going. Yeah. These are lifetime prints. You have these prints for your whole life, right? They, they're with you until you die. And so it's an ongoing journey. You don't just get it once and then it's done. Right. Also, if, okay, so there's a school of wisdom. What are the other schools that our fingerprints show? Uh, school of love, school of service, and school of peace. I'm in the school of love and wisdom. I'm okay. in two of them. You, that can happen. Um, rarely would somebody be in three of them. Mostly people, like two schools is not uncommon mm -hmm. um, for people. So, yeah. Okay. okay, that makes sense. So, So then I guess let's move to that. Um, fingerprints in that moon region. So what does that mean to you? What like the okay. transformation person? <laughs> right. So at the spiritual teacher, the conversation about the spiritual teacher is to help people using your spirituality, using your intuition to help people who are going through a crisis of meaning. So where the identity transformation conversation came in is Michael and I decided everybody isn't always in a crisis when they're in an identity change. But when they're in an identity change, which could be getting married, having children, kids leaving home, moving to a new city, starting a new job, leaving the corporate world, going into the corporate world, like, you know, graduating from college, the times when who our identity is changes. There's a change and some people go into crisis around it, right? parents whose, you know, last child leaves home and the mother's just, you know, sad and depressed and who yeah. am I if I'm not a mother? And, you know, there's that or having your first baby or, you know, whatever. Um, there are a change in your identity. And so the question is, are you in a crisis about it or in are you in a place where it's really great and everywhere in between, and some parts of it might feel like a crisis, and some parts of it are like, oh, I'm so excited. Um, and then do you need support? And so your job, your design is to help people who are asking for the support during this identity change. And maybe the identity change is owning their intuition. Okay. Right? Like yeah. they haven't been and, you know, and now they are. They're like you change careers, right? So you can help people with career change. Right. I'm on my third marriage too. Yes, right. About the relationship, <laughs> being a single mother, being you know married, getting divorced, right? Like all kinds of life experiences that you've had, some of which have had crises attached to them, and some haven't, right? Or some Correct. parts of it. Correct. And so your role is to be able to support people when they're asking. They have to be asking yeah. for help and using your intuition. This is one of the main things that part of the hand, the moon zone is the seat of intuition. Okay. And so okay. using your intuition to help people. Yeah. Um, so what I, I mean, again, I, cause we're educating people here cause I don't know how many of the listeners or watchers have actually experienced true hand analysis as opposed to like we talked about earlier, the palm reading kind of side of things. So someone coming to you, what, what kind of information do you try to focus on to help them in their lives? Like why is understanding hands really important? So the big picture is you have this map that you're carrying around with you everywhere in your hands and I decode it. That's the process. I'm decoding your hand. I'm identifying your life purpose and your life lesson, which is where the greatest growth opportunity is and where it's the way through. That's what my guidance has said. Your life lesson is the way through. So when you're conscious of your life lesson and you have language, mostly I'm providing language for people. I'm providing tangible examples and language. Um, then you can make choices that give you a lot more freedom. Um, relationships, biggest issue in relationships is people wanting somebody else to 
behave the way they want them to and they're not designed to behave that way and so it's like you know or not getting to live your life purpose your soul contract right this is not a soul contract is not a lightweight thing right it's your whole right. council of 140 for whatever you believe is true have gotten together before you chose a body which you choose after the fingerprints are formed based on Michael Newton's research, hypnotherapist, after reading 10,000 hands, he discovered that people choose the body after about four months because that's when there's enough brain tissue that the soul chooses the body. And at the same time, the fingerprints are formed. And I think the soul's also choosing the fingerprint patterns because okay. they're soul contracts, right? Right, right. Just like a birth date, a specific birth time. Yeah. All of that. Design. Yeah. All of it. All of the systems are going to overlap, by the way. Right. Maybe different language, but you're the same person. So all the maps should coordinate. They should coordinate. They really they should. should. And actually, that's one of like my whole life. I've been exposed to different modalities. And what I do love about them is that they do all validate each other. They may give a little bit of different information, little pieces of the puzzle. But the core of them is that they really all say the same basic kind of information. Well, they should, or the reader is a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the same person. You're, you know, you have a soul contract, and all these maps are designed to decode it in whatever language. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, and for those watching, um, I just want to make it clear that even though you live in California, you definitely can read hands all over the world. And yes. you and again, so so you I just need digital photos of your palms and your fingerprints. Yeah. Right. And they have to be detailed because that's what I did. I was trying to take pictures of all my <laughs> I know. I may need a lot of pictures with some people depending on how hard it is to see their lines yeah. and the lighting and all of that. It's a complex process sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's easy and sometimes it's complex, but it's doable. So for you in doing this work for the last 30 years, like what what has been your biggest like transformation or aha moment for you in your own life, knowing about your hands and then working with your clients? Um, I'm going to say the word that my clients use with me all the time is permission to be true to my design. That's the bottom line. And that's my, my passion for everybody. The reason yeah. I'm still doing this, I've tried to quit twice. The reason I'm still doing this is because I just, it's so much easier to live your life by the design that you have your soul's design that shows up all over your body. Why would you not do that, right? That's like kind of my, like, why would you make your life so hard that you're not following your design? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So that's yeah. the biggest thing for me. And I do, I, I intimately know my hands and I'm still, you know, learning new aspects of their expression, mm -hmm. right? It's an ongoing journey. There's, you know, Michael and I talk on a regular basis and we talk about hands and, add oh well you know how about this marketing let's talk about this expansion piece and and i write about a lot of it so okay well right one well, so yeah that's another thing that i love is that you really you focus on different gift markings that people have and you have different books and ebooks related to those so can you just talk a little bit about what gift markings are yeah gift markings are line formations in the hands and they show up in maybe 10 to 15% of the population. But when you have a gift marking, it's an extra potential talent. Okay. And so there is sort of an extra pressure. But it it's being gifted is a whole conversation. There's a whole consciousness around it. Oh, being okay to be gifted, no matter what the gifting is. And that's part of my conversation is permission to be gifted. It's like, Oh my God, I work with gifted leaders. Like these are these, this is my tribe. And a lot of them own it, but are challenged about how to express or how to use all these gift markings together or whatever their mm -hmm. thing is. So yeah, it's, but, and then the other major piece of the hand that I work with is the heart lines written a book yeah. on that as well, which has to do with how you express your emotions and feelings your style, your tangible specific style. And there are four heartline types. 
And so they each have a different set of requirements. And the reason I wrote that book and first published it in 2002, my goal was if people would just read this book, their relationships would be so much better and they'd give space to each other and there'd be fewer divorces because people would understand that somebody else is communicating their feelings and their style. And just because it isn't your way doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just not your way, right? So. Well, and that's, that actually was, um, not that I remember exactly which ones I have, but when Christine first did my hands, she did focus on that aspect because she was comparing my hands to my kids and even Skip's hands, or I was looking at his. And I have three of the four lines. Yeah, you do. And on your left hand, not on your right hand, but on your left yeah. hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that corresponds actually each, my husband and each of my two kids has one of those three. <laughs> and so I'm able to interact with them in the way that works for them. You know, it's not conscious. <laughs> right. I remember which ones are which. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Having multiple heartline types gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah. It can also be confusing to people who only have one type because you'll come, you know, like you're acting this type and then you switch to another type in the middle of a sentence or the middle of a paragraph. Or, <laughs> and they're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, excellent. So um, for people who are and again, we'll, we'll promote this at the end as well. But for people, we have a couple of people that are interested already and like, oh, my gosh, I want to do this. Great. What's the best way that they could get in touch with you? Well, I have a website. So PamelaLanders.com and Pamela has an H on it if you see it on the screen. Um, PamelaLanders.com and then you can do some research on the website if you'd like to read. And I have a shop tab that lists the different um, services that I provide and hand analysis. There are different kinds of hand analysis services. And okay. they can email me. Um, they can get onto my email list. I send out a newsletter every week. And so they can get a free report on intuition called Trusting Intuition by signing up on my website for that. And then, you know, they get on my email list and then all kinds of offers. I have different offers that I do over time. So, yeah. So um, for those listening or watching, if you haven't ever had this done, I, again, it's it was huge for me because it actually... It had me change my entire career trajectory. Like I really, I yeah. it just opened my eyes. And even since we have had the conversation, um, you know, again, because I'm so much more evolved than I was seven years ago, <laughs> you know, like in terms of actually stepping into it. And when you're talking about helping people to really embrace their giftedness, you know, sometimes those of us who we know we're gifted, but we don't want to come across like arrogant or like egotistical, but really if we're able to show up in a beautiful, authentic way from our heart, it's a little different than like, oh, well, I'm the best and you all suck, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, underplaying your gifts is actually harmful to your relationships. Just saying. Okay. And um, you want to talk a little more about that? Yes. People okay. can see people can see you. They can tell you're talented. And when you're holding back, it just puts up this big intimacy barrier. And it doesn't mean you have to be like, as you were saying, outrageously out there about it. You can be. But um, but pretending that you're not gifted or hiding it or trying to downplay it, oh, my God, it's so hard in relationships because people see it. And they're like, well, why is she holding back? Why is she hiding out? Because, you know, ugh, it's just really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening and watching again, you may have some beautiful gifts that you are not showing or stepping fully into your true potential of who you are. So. And I'm just going to say I have 13 gift markings and there are a total of 19. And so I know what the landscape is. I'm not imagining or projecting into the future about it. I know the landscape of being highly gifted and I yeah. know the pitfalls. And so I'm a good mentor for that. Yes. 
Yes. So, um, okay. Actually, I, I have a, because we didn't talk about this before, and I feel like I know this, but again, our, if this is new to our audience, they definitely <laughs> know. Is how did this system even come to be developed? Okay. Well, Richard Unger, who developed this particular system, um, read a lot of palmistry books, and he was on a trip and ended up buying a palmistry book in 1966 or seven or something, and just felt drawn to it and did a lot of research. He's a big researcher and did a lot of research on it and stuff. So he started teaching it in the late 70s. Okay. Um, and I, or late, I mean, the mid 80s, he started teaching in the mid 80s. And I took my first class with him in 1991. I met him at a networking breakfast, but I'd heard about him before from other people and just knew I had to do this. And of course, you know, learn later. Oh, I've had multiple lifetimes of reading hands. This is not, I'm not new at this. Okay. This is a well-developed skill. I worked with Pythagoras on it. I mean, I've had many lifetimes doing yeah. this. And so this is a uh, sort of a, a, you know, bringing it back to the fore again. Yes. Okay. Okay. Is there any Richard's the one that brought forth the fingerprint system. Nobody else use the fingerprints as a way to identify life purpose, life lesson, and life school. That was Richard's major contribution. Okay. So. Got it. So, okay, well, and then I have a quick question then. <laughs> quick question while we're on here. And then we're going to get to the other, like, okay. stuff. But so if the life lessons are in the fingerprints, then we know I'm school of wisdom, right? So then what is the major life lesson that you saw? In my brain. Um, it's complex for you. You have four fingers that have life lesson, maybe, and one other one that's life lesson. And so life lesson and life purpose can be five of your fingers, or if you have six of the same fingerprint type in there, they meet the criteria, which I'm not going to get into about identifying this. It's too complex. Okay. Um then that's your life purpose and life lesson. But it's based on a ranking system of the fingerprint types that you have. That's how we determine life purpose, life lesson, and life school. Okay. okay. Yeah. Got it. I know I didn't really answer your question, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so we have, you know, hands are fascinating. And I, again, just love how it validates the other modalities. You know, I do human design. I have friends that are astrologers, all the others that have, um, anything I've ever done has said similar things. But I, you also have this really fascinating um, background of experiences. And we are, the you know, connection to the cosmos here. So we're going to yeah. talk about that really fun stuff. So I guess where where do you want to start in terms of what's your, or maybe we'll start with what is your first, like, interaction or experience that you were like, oh, okay, that's not, like, of this earth or that is not normal. I think having um, a connection in my late, 20s i just start i started journaling and i would just hear these things coming through that were not me saying them right like that's when i started recognizing oh i'm channeling i didn't have that word at the time yeah i mean in my 20s i was what years would that have been i was um in the late six no in the 70s like early 70s it was just beginning to be a popular thing mm -hmm. and so um I would say, and I had a psychology class in college where one teacher who was really out there, I was like, I loved it because it was so cool to be hearing him talk about some of these out there things, you know, but I, I studied psychology in college. That was my major. Um, and then in 1985, I met with a woman who is a full body channel for Archangel Michael. She's the only one on the planet who does that. And I'd already heard about Ramtha and I'd already heard about um, other beings who, you know, like Jay-Z Knight doing full body Ramtha. And I just got exposed to a lot of that stuff in the late seventies. And so it's just always been there for me. I mean, like, you know, almost 75. I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Well, and so which so you've got your own experience with Archangel Michael. Yes. <laughs> Share with us what that was. Well, the reading that I had with Michael was life changing for me and a lot of permission giving. Um, reminding me that I'm, you know, an eighth dimensional being and I'm not completely just from here and that I was a crystal tuner on Venus and different things that really helped me realize that I was multidimensional and not trying to fit into the 3D world as the only reality. Yeah. That was life changing. And then I, Orpheus and I became really good friends and we traveled different places and I found out I was Lemurian in 1987 when we were in hawaii <laughs> in maui and had an experience where michael was just asking us you know who knew they were marion and so i jumped into the center and i was only one of three out of 27 people i was so surprised that everybody in that group because we were in like the headquarters of lemuria how can you not you know but i knew it i just knew it because i was trusting my intuition and um got some really good insights about that and about the whole Maria thing and Atlantis and, you know, like just all that stuff is just sort of, it's been there. It's just been there for decades. Yeah. So, and actually we recently had a conversation because so one of the, the memories that came back for you or that you guys experienced was actually being a queen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At the, towards the end of, at the end of Lemuria, I was the queen. Yeah, it was a very um, long lasting civilization. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, even though you were a queen, you weren't the only queen. <laughs> <For that. laughs> I think there are some people, well, I was the queen too. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure there are many people who were the queen of Lemuria. Yeah. And yeah. um, so being, being at the, near the end of that, then, you know, we've talked about recently of coming back now as Pamela and bringing back these Lemurian codes and all of that. Right. Do you want to talk about that at all? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, when I was in Maui in, 19, in 2018 with my friend Stephanie and we both were meditating. What do you want? We went to the Lemurian Center in Maui and, you know, like, what do you want to know? And I just said, I want to know about any lifetimes related to it. And the image that came up was that I was the Queen of Lemuria and I was using sound as a way to communicate with people. And, and then we went back the next year and got an entire download about my work here is to bring to um, that there are people who are carrying the Lemurian codes and that relates to hand markings, which is not a surprise, right? Like, why would I be learning all this about hands if it weren't related? Um, and that my role is to help, quote, wake them up so that they can start activating the codes because the planet is needing these codes. They're big picture, very related to harmony, big picture. That's, yeah. you know, there are a lot more details, but that's the big picture of bringing more harmony onto the planet. And so people who have three or more gift markings or who have really rare markings like your fingerprints, yeah. really super rare, are people who have um, carrying these codes. And I'm still in the process of learning about all of this and my role with it and what I'm doing with it. So I am just keep have to keep trusting my guidance. Yeah. all the time and getting insight from, you know, a couple other people, you and Stephanie around what this means. <laughs> right. Yeah. So to, to be more to come, to be determined. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's in process. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and it, you know, it's just fascinating because I, I moved here to Hawaii two years ago and it, you know, as soon as I got off the airplane, it was like, okay, I'm home. And you know, then Stephanie's the first person that I met here on island. And she's like, oh, there you are. <laughs> and um, it's just fascinating because then also growing up with the Rampa school, and Rampa is Lemurian, like, you know, yeah, yeah. from Lemuria. And all of these different Lemurian connections that, um, you know, again, are still just coming up all the revelations, the information of like, okay, what's important about that? Like, okay, yeah, great. I had a Lemurian life, but what does it mean for this life? Right. Now, right. Yeah. And of course, you know, there is the consciousness that 
outside of physical time and space, there is no time and space. So it's all available to us when the timing is right and it's not past and future. Yes, exactly. And I say that all the time. Love quantum mechanics for that. Um, <laughs> all timelines exist simultaneously. Yeah. So, okay. Now, you also, you had a really interesting experience with um, St. Germain in Mount Shasta. Right. <laughs> okay. So in 2009, I went up to Mount Shasta and was reading hands at a psychic fair. And there weren't a lot of people around. Turns out that we saw had been a very popular thing, but the guy leaving it quit and blah, blah, blah. So um, I'm sitting at this table and this man walks in dressed in the purple robe with the pieces of white that show up. And he looks exactly like St. Germain. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I, I'm a little like whatever, but he makes eye contact with me. And I'm and he's walking by me, but I can't let go of his eyes. And I said, who are you? And he said, you know who I am. I said, I know, I know, but I can't think of your name. And he told me it was St. Germain. So we had an hour and a half conversation about him being a walk-in and, you know, all the stuff that was going on, him traveling around the world, helping world, leader, world leaders and music and stuff so it was just and he gave me a map of Telos which is the town that's underneath Mount Shasta and so we just had this great conversation the next day he came back and we talked for another hour and there were a lot of things about being a human that were a little challenging for him and so I was giving him insights on relationship interactions and human things but it just it was like so natural I knew who Saint Germain was from tipping tables um, which was another thing that I did with some friends who live up in the Santa Cruz mountains. And we would just go every Sunday night and tip tables and you get a yes or no. And there's three, three table tippings for yes and one for no. And you just ask the table, like any kind of table, like a, you know. Oh, like what is table? I've never heard of table. <laughs> I did in high school with a girlfriend. So like for me, I again. I grew up in Yale, Washington. I know cow tipping. <laughs> no, this is just people who, you know, it's a way to communicate with guidance. It's a different system. And um, one of my girlfriends knew the woman who was doing it and introduced me. And so we used to go up all the time and, and just, and, you know, Michael came through an archangel, um, archa different archangels came through Jesus. They all have different taps different rhythms of how they tap and the tables. And so the people doing this have been doing it for 20 years. And so they could read the energy of all this, but St. Germain was one of the ones that came through and for me and different ones come through different people. Anyway, it's just a really fun out of the, out the, out of the box experience of communicating with guidance. I'm so confused at what it is though. Like, can you actually like push a table over? You don't push it. You just sit at the table. And so these two people would sit as a husband and wife team would sit at the table. We'd all meditate and then ask questions. And if the answer was yes, it would, two of the legs would come up like, a, you know, a regular um, TV tray table. Yeah. Right. So two legs on one side would come up three times to say yes. And if it was a no, it would come up once to say no. It was, you know, that's, you would ask questions. And if it didn't move at all, then they, it was like the question wants to be rephrased. And yeah. you can't use questions with should because they don't respond to should. That's like a non, like that's a human thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, and <laughs> I, again, I'm just like, because I know how to use a pendulum. I know muscle testing. So I, under, I get like general concept of the yes and no's, but I'm just trying to figure out mechanically. Like, yeah, anyone, you have to experience it, I guess. To, yeah, is anyone touching the table? When it's, yeah, both of them have their hands on the table. Okay. Lightly. They're just lightly on the okay. edge of the table. Got it. Okay, because I'm thinking no one's hands are on there and the table's just moving on its own. But they're not moving the table. They're just keeping their hands on to make connection with the table. Got it. It's so natural to me. I forget people don't know this stuff. Yeah, like I, I thought I have heard of everything, but apparently <laughs> <laughs> I learned something new today. Great. <laughs> okay, what about your experience with Mother Mary? Okay, so Mother Mary came in, God, I don't know, maybe around the time Michael came in. 
I don't know. I've always, um, she's been around for so long, I can't remember when that happened. And Michael and Mary are two of my main guides. They're not the only ones, but Merlin has been a guide. And my grandmother was a guide for a while. She's very artistic. And so she's a good guide for my artist part of me. And um, I don't know, St. Germain, Baba G. I've just had a lot of different guidance. But Mother Mary is, of course, represents the feminine. And I was Mary Magdalene. I'm part of that soul tribe of Mary Magdalene. I was embodied as Mary Magdalene during the time that she was with Jesus. So that was my mother-in-law. So I had a really good relationship with her. And um, so, yeah, she's just been around forever. You know, she's one of the, quote, dead people that I tap into. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, because in your bio, you know, we read, okay, you see dead people. <laughs> and I talk with dead people, yeah. And I channel people's parents and siblings and people who have passed over if for some reason, you know, like mediums do. But yeah. I do it and I don't know how I do it. I just know that I've done it a lot. People have asked me questions and it's like, oh, yeah, I can just talk to that person. Here's okay. what they're saying or they're showing me this or whatever. Yeah. It's no big deal. <laughs> it's an in the moment thing. Does it come like on demand? Like if people are asking you for that? That happens. Yeah. That's usually the way it comes through. I don't usually tune in unless I'm needing something. Like my mother died and I've talked with her. Okay. And I've had some conversations with my sister who's died. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just like one of the many intuitive skills that I have. And I just use it when it fits. Yes. <laughs> so you also have had some kind of ET connection as well, right? Yes. Yeah, so the same people that do the table tipping. Okay have connection with an ET who would manifest in their home and did readings. And this was in 1999. Okay. And this particular embodied as a woman person told me that I had 11 guides and that I was an archangel. And it's like, oh, I'm an archangel. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it wasn't like it was this big, no, that's not true. I mean, no, that makes sense. I feel like I'm an archangel, right? So, um, and, and but having that many guides, that was a really helpful piece for me to realize how supported I am at so many levels. And it's not just one channel. And I have my main guides, but they're not the only ones. And, you know, like having that information has been super helpful for me over the years. And then I can also, because of that's true, I can also tap into other people's guidance and hear, um, mostly I get, hear things, sometimes I see images that other people's guides are wanting me to pass on to somebody. Mm -hmm. I just had that happen today, actually, with a client. Um, and so I'm just open to different ways that guidance shows up because I'm so out there already. Okay. Well, <laughs> And like we were talking before we got on the show with your client, it's all about trust. Yeah. Right? And so really we all have these abilities and some are just a little more tuned in than others, but everyone has the opportunity to get really tuned in. And it's really just trusting from my yeah. own. Well, my experience is everybody is intuitive and some people um, have it diminished growing up because family members don't really like it when you can see or know what's going on and you talk about it, but they're trying to keep it a secret. They don't really like that. So um, like, mommy, why are you so sad? I'm not sad. Oh no, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm doing, you know, it's like, we don't get to talk about the stuff that we can experience as kids. And so it often gets shut down. And then there's a reconnection that happens later when you're ready um, but everybody has access to their intuition. It wouldn't, nothing, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not even logical that people wouldn't have intuition. Like that doesn't even make sense to me at all. <laughs> and so the question is, how does intuition come to you? What's your style or multiple styles? And yeah. what do you, so you know what to trust. So like I hear words, I hear phrases, I hear one-liners from songs, 
I was just doing that for somebody recently. It's like, oh, they're giving me a one-liner from, you know, Barbara Streisand's song. <laughs> like, okay. Um, or, and then I get images and I see scenes, sometimes like movies, sometimes stills, or I get symbols. And then sometimes I feel things in my body. And you know, I've learned all these things over time. I've learned that these are all different ways that intuition happens for me. So I know what to trust. Right. And is one stronger than the other? Or? I hear things, for me, I hear things first because okay. I'm talking with my guidance all day long. Okay. We're having conversations like, okay, you know, I finished this call. What's up? Where Where do I want to put my energy right now? And I'll get them at, oh, go do this or go do this or, you know, do that later. Wait until then to do that. And like, I have to go down to my mailbox, which is like a two minute walk. It's like, I'm going to wait till I'm done with you before I do that. I'm not going in between my last call and this one. It's like, I have conversations like that all day long with my guidance. And so it's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of verbal, you know, a lot of words that are being exchanged, but. Yeah. Okay. So any other um, fun stories you want to share? Because I mean, you've had a lot of different experiences. So I have. Yeah. <laughs> what are the values of being older? <laughs> I've had more time on the planet, right? Um, and I've asked, and I think this is the other thing, is that, um, you know, I really believe asking it is given is how the universe runs. And so I ask for help. I ask, I've had many mentors over the time um, that I've learned from. I've asked for help. I've asked for support. I've asked for feedback. In fact, I'm doing that this afternoon. I'm going to be on a call with one of my good friends that I've known for 40 years. And he's, you know, and I said, here's what I want. Here's the next thing that I want to have great with you. And I think I have a skill at this, but I need to practice it. And it has to do with reading energy in people's bodies because Sunday I read chakras and I didn't know I could do that until someone pointed out to me that I could do that. So getting the feedback was important. Okay. But Sunday I was at a like a, a thing where there were a bunch of people there and we were all supporting each other with healing with whatever this method that this guy teaches. It's a energy method of a um, martial arts. Anyway, he um, I was, you know, I've learned how to read chakras. And so I was working on a woman and I could feel her second chakra was split in two. And one of them was really protecting the first chakra. And so we were talking about that. We got this whole conversation about sexual abuse and, you know, like I'm really open. There's no subject that's off, off for me. I can talk about be with anybody with anything. So anyway, we were in the conversation, <laughs> like I'm just reading her. I, you know, but it, the information just came to me. Yeah. Like, so that's another thing is I can read people's energy bodies and I can, but I want to expand it more because I met somebody else recently who does this with ease. And I thought, I think I have some of the skill set. So I want to practice this and find out, you know, and here's the person, here's the master. I work with a lot of masters. <clears throat> here's a master who can help me with this particular skill set. Yeah. Right. So asking for help is how I've expanded all of my skills. Okay. Well, and that's beautiful. And, so not only um, did you do the hand stuff with me, we regressed you and found out, okay, there is more more for you to do here on earth. Yes. <laughs> it's not time to give up and just be like, I'm just, okay, see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was open to that experience, right? I was asking and yeah. trusted your skill set because of your mastery and being able for you, because I felt safe yeah. trusting you to take me to wherever it is that my guidance wanted me to go. And it didn't end up being a connection to Lemuria for yeah. the Arcturians. It's like, okay, we're going to go to the Arcturians to get this connection to Lemuria. <laughs> well, okay. no, and, and actually that's super interesting because um, Lemuria historically is thought to be connected with the Pleiadians and all that. And they were definitely the primary teachers, I would say in Lemuria from the galactic realm. But um, I, and I've checked in this with myself, but Lisa Royal Holt, um, I think it's Jermaine is one of the entities that she channels. And Jermaine is like the galactic historian. And his information was that the Arcturians were actually the very first teachers 
in Lemuria or the okay. are here, but they don't physically embody the way that the Pleiadians are able to. And so they they could get to maybe that fifth dimensional fourth density level. So the Lemurians were able to, some of them able to raise up to get the information from the Arcturians um, where the Pleiadians were more able to fully embody the physical realm yeah. to, to have that interaction. But that the, the Arcturians that were here originally when um, there started being the warring going on with the other groups, then they actually were one of the original groups that went underground into inner earth to hold that energy of inner earth. Oh, that so makes I, sense. Yeah. I'm like, well, I love that. Because, and <laughs> I just got full chills. Because <laughs> I have that Arcturian connection, but I also have that Lemurian connection. And then it made total sense to me that, okay, that feels right. Yeah, totally. Multi-dimensional for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, those, for those, I know a couple of people just are coming on and just found you. Um, you'll have to rewatch or listen back from the beginning if you're just joining us now because uh, Pamela gave us so much fascinating information about hand analysis and like why you would want to get your hands done, um, other fun stuff. So. What other magical information would you like to share with us right now? <laughs> well, I, my experience is that, and I'm going to go back to hands a little bit with this, is that you really, everybody has a very specific map about why they're here, and you carry it with you in your hands, but it's in your astrology. I did astrology for 20 years before I did hands. I didn't start hands until I was in my 40s. And so it was like, a, you know, I had already done a lot of stuff in the corporate world by that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I was reading astrology at lunchtime in the corporate world. That was a fun project to do. But um, that your map, regardless of how you get to it, <clears throat> human design, astrology, numerology, whatever, Enneagram, whatever. And you can have multiple different disciplines that you check in with. Mm -hmm. um, follow it. Like, don't dismiss it. Don't pretend it's not true. Like, yeah. trust that there's a reason why you're being guided to somebody and they're going to be providing it. I mean, the amount of money and time you can save by getting these maps decoded, by not going to therapy in order to find those answers. Like, you know, I'm not, I went to a lot of therapy. I'm not down putting therapy. I'm just saying that the, having the maps decode things is so fast and so bottom line compared to spending hundreds of hours or dollars or thousands of dollars going to somebody who can't decode the map right away. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. that to me is like, I've, you know, I've done also did numerology. I mean, I, I trust that I know from experience that our map is in our body. It's in our soul. Yeah. I love that. Well, and it's interesting for me is that, you know, right before the hand analysis, I had started already working with my human design coach, Kathy. And so I was learning about that I'm a generator and it's my sacral inner authority. And then when I have the hands read the first time and, and I'm, so I knew like in terms of the um, identity transformation leader, I was waiting for the right opportunity to come my way for my gut to say yes. So like I was working with my human design and my hand information hand in hand and waiting for that right opportunity to come. And that's when I met Denise Lynn and, you know, and Sonny Don Johnston. And that actually started that whole trajectory of starting Mystic Manta and, you know, five and a half years later, here we are. <laughs> Yay! Right? So um, for me, using the combination of all the information and um, has been like really, really important in my life. But the, just even if you know your hands, like just that practical information gives you, like you said, permission to be your full authentic self, right? Yeah. One step at a time. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, it's a journey. <laughs> it is a journey. It is a journey. And um, I just, I appreciate you 
and the work that we do. And again, you know, one of the top two experts in the world in this. And so for those listening or watching, uh, uh, that means you can't go wrong getting a session with Pamela at all. She actually writes the books on it. Right, right. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And I just, I want to thank you so much for being on here. And, and again, tell people how they can find you. Okay. My website is PamelaLanders.com. Pretty easy. And Pamela, Don't you remember the H yeah, in Pamela? Right. For those listening on a podcast, it's P-A-M-E-L-A-H. So, right. Pamela P-H, yes. Yeah. Okay. And Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. I just, I can't wait to see you in person again and give you a big hug because we're both really good huggers. We are. <laughs> <laughs> My superpowers is hugging. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I um, I just appreciate you so much, and I can't wait to um, talk to you soon and see you again. And for those listening, thank you so much, and I will see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha. Thank you. Bye.